This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Welcome to Dunks and Discourse. We're back. We are going to do our second Q&A pod, our general NBA Twitter timeline pod. We were originally going to mix this in like once every four episodes, but we're on at 25 and this is our second one. So we'll try to be a little bit better at working these in a little bit more often. But, you know, Jabari and I are both, you know, can be long-winded, um, <laughs> narcissistic individuals who like to talk about what we like to talk about. So, you know, we, we like to include you guys in all, all things. As questions come, it doesn't really have to be just on these episodes. We'll always take your questions, but we've got quite a few of those. So today, a uh, quick itinerary because the, the show is a little bit off the beaten path of basketball and then a movie ranking list idea. We are going to talk about um, some newsworthy items that are, are taking up our timeline. We're going to take your questions and we're going to talk about what we're binging uh, along with a, uh, a new movie from, from Shia LaBeouf and David Ayer. So, uh, Jabari, how you doing, man? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I don't necessarily agree with, uh, you know, me personally being a narcissist. But, you know, hey, I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm here to support you. Yeah, I don't know that I would say you've ever been here to support me either. So we'll just we'll just both start this off with a lie, and it'll be the truth this from here on out. Um, okay, so so let let's start with what has been consuming um, my Twitter timeline the last couple days, and that is um, Dave Portnoy, Dave Portnoy, uh, Barstool Presidente, Barstool, and. Uh, I'm going to do like I do with some of these bigger topics where I'm going to lead you one bit at a time through this mm-hmm. and, and, and try try not to just explode on the whole topic and try to take this one one bit at a time so we can digest it. But the videos came out that, that Dave Portnoy had said some racist things, including, you know, making some terrorist references with Colin Kaepernick, dropping the N-word, you know, multiple times rather liberally. Um, what was your initial reaction to those videos? My initial reaction, to be honest with you, was okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's on brand. And then when I saw all of the, all of the outrage as a result, I thought, well, wait a second. What have you guys been listening to and watching for the last five, ten years? Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like this. I don't know. This is kind of cryptic or rude. Or I, I honestly laughed and I was like, why are people um, surprised? Like there, there was yeah. such a. Oh, I was seeing tweets like people are finally realizing how crappy this dude is. Like, uh, 
I can't believe he said these things. I'm like, this is, I mean, more or less um, the brand. Uh, he, he I, I just, I was like, we, we knew, we, we knew that Dave was this guy. Um, and then even still, um, even still, I think there, like with where society is today, um, and the fact that he is worth the amount of money he is, and his brand is as successful as it is, mm-hmm. I, I almost thought maybe like there was a chance for him to just like do a somewhat sincere apology and <laughs> and, and not lose any like they wouldn't lose any traction. You know, he's he's not someone who's going to lose followers because of this anyway. Um, but he didn't yeah. do that. He he uh, he. I I think the the gesture was he tried to turn his noose into a lasso and. He said that this was cancel culture coming for him. They came for Bill Simmons first. They came for all these other people. Now they're coming for him, but he's uncancelable. Uh, thoughts on that? <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is he probably is uncancelable with his base. And I'm not going to make this about you know, po- you know politics or anything like that, but I'm talking about his fan base. Uh, look. I, like you, I would have. Of course, it would have been great to see you know some heartfelt apology, you know some you know staring into the camera, making certain you know that we all saw the you know the true emotion on his face and all of those things. But I gotta be honest, and this will not be popular with some you know with some of our listeners. I respect it more by saying you know, I respect someone saying like, no, I'm an asshole, I'm a scumbag. This is you know this is the person that I am. This is the person that I've always been, and this is the person I'm always going to be. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying I want to support it, you know, any of his products, but I, I I genuinely do respect it more that he just held to it and said like, yeah, no, this is who I am. Yeah, you know what, I I'm not quite on that vibe. I think, but like then you do have to do the whole dance of like, is this a real apology? Is it not a real apology? What does mm-hmm. this mean? Um, the part of this that I wanted to actually get into, which I feel is is more on the NBA Twitter beat here, is that um, following this conversation, Willie Colon, who I guess does um, a podcast for them or something for them, yeah. um, assembled basically every minority person that he could get together from Barstool to do a podcast You know that he claimed was going to kind of call Dave Portnoy on on his crap. And at, at the beginning, I, I listened to the first 40 minutes of this podcast, so I didn't just wing this off of uh, Twitter outrage and whatnot. But the first, you know, bit of this pod, he talks about how, you know, a PR person from, from Barstool was like, please don't say anything on Twitter. And he's like, no, I'm going to go off on Dave on Twitter. And then they realized, like, that's not the way to do it. They mm-hmm. should have a real conversation. And... This part is pretty disgusting. It's like a half attempt to hold Dave accountable at, and at the same time, like a half attempt to put out the fire as the minorities. And like half of them are vouching for like Dave's character um, and, 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 and half of them are upset with like the situation, but they are in a crappy position because he's their boss. And then, of course, so I feel for at Tyler I am specifically, um, Tyler is, is one of the best followers on nba twitter i love the guy um i do listen to mixtape he's he's good at what he does but he was put in a real crap position here he goes on this podcast thinking they're going to have one dialogue that's not necessarily the case and then the title of this pod um is dropped which tyler has said on his timeline he didn't know at the time um it's barstool n-word with brackets now it's going to get extremely real trying to make it like an acronym um thoughts 
Alright, so here's the deal. I have no problem whatsoever with Tyler I am or any of these individuals, these minorities that work you know, that work that elected to work with and for an individual that is shows you what his get down is. But the one thing I will say, you know, and, and when I say I have no problem with it, because I say, look, if that if you, if that's where you want to get your money from, if that's what you know, if that's the path that you want to take, I have to respect that because, hey, look, I'm not going to pay your bills. But one thing I'm not going to do is feel sorry for you when you lay down with dogs and come up with fleas. I'm not. I'm just not like I get it. Tyler, I am. And and a lot of those guys are entertaining as all hell. And they are. And I'm sure Tyler, I am is a very good guy. So it's so this isn't a matter of like, I'm not like you know, denigrating him or you're coming down on him, but I just can't go. I just can't go that extra route of like actively feeling sorry for someone for beans. It's like, look, you asked a scorpion for, or a scorpion asked you for a ride across, you know, across the lake. Don't be mad at that scorpion for stinging you. Now I will state to, you know, to, you know, to your overall point, this is exactly what you know, what, what we always see. Somebody says some wild out shit, some crazy racist shit. And then, Wait a second. Where are my black friends? Where you know, where are my minority friends? You guys either come and save me or at least act as a shield. And that's all that was to me. 100%. And and um at PFT commenter put out a thing, like a statement on on his thing saying like they, like the company has put, you know, the minority employees, specifically the black employees in just an unwinnable situation. Um which is true. But again, like, why is like if that's the case and everybody knows that, like, why just not hold the guy accountable? Yeah, just speak on it. Like, it, that's, it, it, you're exactly right. You hit it on the head with that. If you're going to, if you're going to have that podcast, and and I get it, they didn't know what the you know what the title was going to be. Whatever. Once again, you should have kind of known. Um, not necessarily that it was going to be that, but that there's at least a possibility that they do that. But if you're going to have the conversation, have it. Say it. The guy's a racist. The guy's an asshole. Whether you know whether you still also like him or still also are cool with him, that you know that that's a whole other discussion. But either either say it with your chest or don't say it at all. Well, and and here's another thing. And, and I actually have another layer of the barstool conversation I want to have. But focusing on the podcast, actually two things. I gotta share this quote because I was near tears, and uh, th- this maybe it will end the Jordan Lebron with uh, <laughs> Lily Colon at one point in his. Um, in his efforts to justify what Dave did without being, without letting him off the hook, said, We all watched The Last Dance. We all seen Michael Jordan. It was documented how he was a tyrant and how he was an asshole. But he was a winner. Dave is our Michael Jordan. But who is our Phil Jackson? I, I love this because, one... It's it, it it reads like satire, but he's so serious on the pod when he's saying that he's like, yeah, it's, hey, it's Dave's unintentionally a, hilarious. Dave's a winner. He's just like Michael Jordan, and this is what I hated about Last Dance because I was like, there's more than one way to win without being you know a shitty human being, and I just thought like that comparison was so terrible but so perfect. And I don't know, I just I could not believe he said that. And five minutes after that, he was like. I realized Dave isn't Dave. Dave is America. And I'm like, this podcast is just oh going. Oh, my God. This place is just going places, <laughs> man. Like, uh, I I had a friend, um, and we're discussing all of this in, like, a fantasy basketball chat. Uh, not the one you were in. A different, like, a fantasy basketball specific. And he was like, well, and he's from, from Massachusetts, and he's a barstool guy, and he loves mm. all these dudes. And he's like, well, how could it be? Isn't it more racist if Dave tells them they can't name the pod that because that's oh – you know, and, and I was like, 
Do you not see that now that word is being used to, to like they the ad money or whatever money they get for podcasts is also with that word is now fueling bar school like it's just a it was just a bad choice man man people will go through all of the gymnastics in <laughs> imaginable to make it make sense and oh. and 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 this and this, and here's the deal. Again, I'm not attacking Barstool. I'm not attacking you, the listener. Speaking generally, you know, like if you if you're a fan of the products or any of those guys, that's you know that's whole 100 on you to do, and you have the right to do that. But we're not. You know, I think we're at the point in our in our existence where we don't have to bullshit about it anymore. You know what you're doing. You know what you're supporting. Just you know, just living it. Well, here's the here's the other side of this conversation. I have long felt it's unfortunate that. Barstool employees, like people who go work for them, um, are instantly labeled like racist, crappy mm-hmm. people. Um, because here's the reality of it too: um, being able to say no to a job is is a privilege in its own right. Mm-hmm. If if you are a talented content producer, whether that's like like a podcast, uh, writing, whatever it is, social media, savant, whatever your gifts are, there are only so many jobs at ESPN, CBS. You know, I don't know if Sports Illustrated is what it was. What it, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. only so many jobs in the field. Now, I subscribe to six podcasts outside of our own. Two of those are mixtape that Tyler runs and, and uh, Lights, Camera, Barstool, which Jeff Jeff Lowe runs, which is their movie podcast. Mm-hmm. They are great podcasts. These guys are great at what they do. Um, it's unfortunate that that brand is is what it is. But at the same time, I, I'm I have long not enjoyed that. You know, like if I share one of those pods or I talk to one of those guys, I will often get people on Twitter being like, don't support Barstool, bro. I'm going to have to unfollow you because you follow these guys. Like, these are good guys trying to make it, trying to make money in a very tough industry. I'm not going to just instantly label anyone who works there as some shitty human being. Like, that, that that's just not how it works. At the same time, it's, it is what you said. We're like now they knew what they signed up for and they and, and guys get put in this position and are labeled as something they might not be just because they work under this asshole with this culture. And they've had all, like a million other stories. But it, it there's a lot of depth to this conversation that I don't think genuinely gets applied on the timeline. Yeah, and and, it, and that's why I always say Twitter's not the place for this conversation. People think that I'm trying to dodge it, or people think that I'm like you know, you know it's still talking down to them. No, it's because Twitter doesn't you know Twitter doesn't allow for context. It doesn't allow for like you know for you to say well yeah you know not everybody that does this is that you know what I mean because it, it it's always broad swooping. It's always painted with you know uh, you know painted with a broad brush. I agree with you. It doesn't mean that you know just because you work for somebody doesn't mean that you are you know that that you are guilty of what they are guilty of or what they are accused of but i will say kind of like with the Kyrie thing and i am kind of circling back here if you yell if the brand is bad it doesn't matter what the message sometimes to a certain degree it doesn't matter what the message is if i if 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 an overwhelming majority or even if if a large portion of people identify barstool as a brand with what it very much has been pushing as that brand unfortunately for you know the lights you know the the, the lights folks and you know some of the other guys that are actually good guys they got that stank on them too it sucks but they knew that job was dangerous when they took it yeah yeah i mean it's both it, okay, it, it is what you're saying, but it's it, it's both. It's unfortunate that, you know, a lot of the time the conversation isn't fair, but then you have moments like this, and it's like, this is why. And there were people, you know, replying to Tyler where he's like, I we screwed this up. He's basically like, we screwed this up. I didn't know that was 
the title is going to be. I'm not forcing anyone to listen to it. I understand if you don't want to listen to it now. And then, like, you know, on the opposite side of that, Willie's like, listen to it anyway because, mm-hmm. you know, da 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 And, like, <laughs> you know, there's two guys carrying themselves very differently. But if, you, if you're not, you know, in the know or don't follow these guys, you're just going to see that and see his name attached to it now. You know, that that's part of the problem. Um, it's it, Look, you know... Um, not not telling anything that you know, you know that that should be a shock. I will say this: Tyler would be a lot more uh, easy for me to support if he does ultimately elect to take his talents elsewhere, because he is a talented individual. He he does bring a lot to the table, and I do believe that he could will probably you know be just as successful elsewhere. Well, the, but the problem is, would he though? Like people say that. Like how many? Like I, I saw people in his comments being like, "Hey, man, you have lots of fans." I think he's like 140k Twitter followers. Like he's up there. Um, we would support you on Patreon, but like, would he? Because would people like? There's a billion Patreons. Like how how much can you count on that? And then the other thing is like, uh, who? How many people have left Barstool and just like people like that's another thing and again the job is dangerous when you took it but like how many people have left barstool and barstool and has sent all of their fans and just smeared the hell out of them and like i i don't know i'm not gonna tell another man how to live his life but i i do see where it comes from oh no 100 percent. and just to be clear i'm i'm just stating like if it were to take place i'm not telling him that you look all of these folks that get on the timeline and say like oh quit this and do that come on man stop we all have bills we all got to take care of business so i'm certainly not saying that i'm i'm expecting him to nor am i even saying that i think he should i'm just saying that i probably would be more of a fan if, if if he ultimately does yeah yeah no uh yeah fair enough and that, that like, I think that's going to do it on that topic today. But you know, all right. There's there's the, there's the hoops. There's the hoops we jumped through because <laughs> that is what the timeline is talking about. And I did see, you know, like there's also pictures of Zion. He's looking good. We're getting some uh, mm-hmm. virtual press conferences. I'm seeing like the Miami Heat uh, floor decals up in Orlando, Lake Bonavista at the ESPN Home for Sports. We are less than 30 days away, or 28 days away from NBA season. So it's coming. Um, before we start talking, uh, taking your questions and talking some other stuff, uh, a word from our good friends at Ben Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BenOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Um, With that, before we go to NBA questions, uh, my guy Shia LaBeouf, David Ayer, they're launching a new movie. If you haven't seen the trailer, it dropped today, The Tax Collector. Um, we both watched this just before we hopped on. What are your first thoughts? My first thoughts is it's absolutely David Ayer, um, and it's funny because we talked about it a little bit, uh, you know, in, in the pre-show, and we and we were kind of you know going back through you know some of the other movies that he's done, and it, it's it's right it's right on brand. And I'm not going to lie to you, I'm excited for you, but I'm also excited to see Shia in this type of role. Yeah. So like the, I was like, the first thing I said to you is like it feels like Training Day. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like he, I guess he wrote Training Day or wrote the screenplay, so that makes sense. Um, I again, if you if you're just listening to the show, I think I think Shia, I can't think of a good NBA comparison, but I feel like Shia LaBeouf when he's not on his bullshit, when his head's right, he's the best in the game. Like honestly, he's done just like a number of roles where I'm just blown away with him. 
this is a very different role for Shia. Like Shia being the like the badass of a movie like this. Um it's it, it it's a different hat for him to wear. It, it it absolutely is, and you know what? To, you know, to that point, I can't go as far with you know the best in the game. But what about the idea of when he's locked in, he's Sheed at his best? Yeah, I, I could feel it, but he's better than Sheed at his best. <laughs> she was nice, man. Like, yeah, she, she, I'm not like it, it's impossible because there's like no NBA guy that's like for three years he's he's yeah. great, then he's gone five, then he's bad. But like. Shia is that good, man. And if, and if you haven't seen some of his other movies, like go check it out. Like Honey Boy was was unreal. We talked about it like a, a month and a half ago. Um, Peanut Butter Falcon was unreal. He he's he's a great actor. Fury with Brad, like he outshone the hell out of Brad Pitt and Fury. Um, fantastic actor. But yeah, so there's the situation. He's a tax collector. There's like a part in the trailer where like you tax forty six of the most dangerous gangs in Los Angeles. That's a lot of people coming for you. Um, the concept is good. Uh, uh, this is an interesting movie. This I think right up both of our alleys. The only thing is, like, I feel like the other guy, uh, Joseph Soto, is that who it is? I think so. Yeah. They're they're both kind of like smaller, handsome looking fellers, <laughs> and I just I just feel like we where's the muscle? Um, you know, like I, it, it, it it's going to be an uphill battle to prove to me that these two guys could uh, keep everybody in line. Well, I mean, like maybe they just haven't shown that you know their version of Pote quite yet. You know, yeah. like, like it's the first trailer. You know, so of course they're going to get the pretty boys, the pretty faces out there. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. The entire trailer, I kept on listening really closely. Like, please tell me this shy is not doing a problematic Latino accent. Please tell me he's not going. And I was very pleased to see that he's he not. did not. I I know, but 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 when I saw when I saw when I saw that they gave him the Drake you know the Drake fade, I was like, wait a second, hold on, man. <laughs> no, it, it looks exciting. No, it, it looks okay. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say like this is going to be a banger because this is something so different for him. But mm. at the same time, I'll watch anything he does. So I'm excited. Um, I do. This is one of the things about Queen of the South that I love is like if you are going to be a badass, you need to have muscle around all the mm-hmm. time, all the time. It the honestly, did I say this on the last pod or did I just say this when we were talking about about Breaking Bad? It, yeah, you said it on the pod. Yeah, like it makes no sense that Walter White is just like Walter White walking around just freely. Yeah, he has all this money. He doesn't have any muscle. Like at no point was he like, you know what? It might be great to have two six four bangers who just kill people on call for me all the time. Since it's, I'm in this business, especially if Gus, if if Gustavo Fring is walking around with muscle, you know how in the hell is how the hell is Walter White getting away with it? Yeah, I don't know. That that almost bugged me. There's a lot of movies that do that though. There's like some kingpin rises, mm-hmm. and like he has no one around him ever. I'm like, do you not know how to stay in the business? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I know we're supposed to suspend, you know suspend reality, you know when we're watching, you know when we're watching fantasy, but yeah, you know stick with it a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. Um, okay, so what are you binging this week? Uh, for me, it's all it's all been one show. It's Hannibal, man. Mad, you know what? And I don't know if it's Michelson or Mickelson. Uh, I think it might be Michelson, but Mad Michelson, Hugh Dancy, Lawrence Fishburne as the Jack Crawford character. That show is it, okay. I was I was wrong, folks. I was wrong. It is damn good. I'm not gonna say it's you know it's it's in the category of uh you know you know greatest shows of all time as 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 some of my no, no, no. you know some of my friends will say, but it's very very entertaining. I'm, I'm midway through season two. Oh, okay. So the scene where the female detectives in the basement and he turns out the lights. Uh huh. Well, yes. That, you know, it it does have some really good moments. It does. 
Yeah, like that scene, um, you know, and, and I'm guessing it's just a, uh, they're just previewing it, but how they let in this, you know, season two with that fight scene between, uh, you know, Lawrence Fishburne and Mads and Mad. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, again, not to give anything away, I just figure it's it's probably not fake, but they they open the season up presenting it as though like, oh, okay, maybe that was just a dream. That that scene in it, that scene in itself is you know, it, it, it's one of the better scenes that I've you know one of the better fight scenes, especially for for you know the two of us that appreciate fight scenes. Just one of the better fight scenes you're gonna see. Has Michael Pitt come around yet? Not yet, not okay. yet. I'm, I'm sure he's coming I, up. I can't remember if I watched the first two or the first three, but I think it was first two and Michael Pitt. Yeah, I, I kind of want to know when you get there. Um, I have watched. I've been still watching a little bit of Clone Wars, a little bit of Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going through like the kid anime phase, I guess. Um, <laughs> But honestly, I didn't watch a lot else this week because I've been just storming through Red Dead Redemption, man. Like, I, I don't even know. Mm. Like, I spent three days, like, hunting for grizzlies in the mountains and, like, <laughs> trying to find this serial killer, which took me forever. I had to resort to using the internet to, like, find the secret hideout and all this stuff. You cheated. But, uh, I, I had to, man. I was like, I, I want to find this guy's. He's cutting off people's heads and, like, sticking notes in there that no one else is going to get him in, like, 1905. Very McNulty of you. Very, very McNulty. I had, to, I had to go get him, man. I had to go get this guy. Um, I'm mad at you. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's good. I did watch a movie, um, which I'd never heard of on Netflix. Mm. And here, I'm just pulling up my notes. The Watcher. Have you ever seen The Watcher? Is that the one with Keanu Reeves? Yeah. James Spader, Keanu Reeves? Yeah. So they have yeah. James. It's a typical serial killer FBI dynamic. And they, Keanu Reeves is the serial killer and James Spader is the cop, which just feels so backwards. <laughs> but but it was all right. I mean, it's not a bad movie. But I, I'm like, I can't believe I never heard of this movie where Keanu Reeves is a serial killer. Gave it a 60. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I watched this week. Yeah, I watched that way back in the day. It's probably been over 15 years since I've seen it, but you know, it it, it might be worth checking out again. I'm a, I'm always a sucker for a good Keanu film. I, I will watch any thriller if any if mm-hmm. any if I don't know what I'm watching. If any thriller comes across my timeline, like go get him, he's a killer. I will watch that. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. Um, okay, so let's go through some of these Twitter questions. Like, why All don't right. we go? I've got some. You've got some. All right. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just go first one, and then you can queue one up for next. And so. Got it. At Ty Windish, I think he's been on our show before. Mm-hmm. Um, Great guy. Says, uh, is LeBron the unimpeachable GOAT if the Cavs somehow won in the 2017 final? So to set the table for that, he has the historic run in 2016, which I think you know, convinced a lot of people that he was at that level. A lot of people who maybe were holding their vote between Mike and, and LeBron went to LeBron there. Um, of course, the Mike fans were never going to switch anyway. So yep. he follows that up. He wins his fourth in 2017 over a Warriors team that had just picked up Kevin Durant. Does that make him the unimpeachable goat? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, you, know, you kind of answered this in the in the buildup. Mike fans are never going to accept it. They're just never going to, no matter what. And there's so many there's so many people that they, you know that that remain you know like um, you know Michael Jordan diehard Michael Jordan truthers which I'm not faulting anybody for doing so I came up watching him I th- I still think he's incredible I still think he's probably the goat but those folks that you need to convince they're just not going to listen like even even if LeBron had had done that they would still say 6 and 0 is 6 and 0 and I don't care Yeah yeah no it's true um there will never be an impeachable goat in basketball because like there are Kobe fans who are, who think Kobe's the best like 
diehard who think Kobe's the best. There are people who think Magic Johnson is the best. People who think Bill Russell is the best. Like, so in if if unimpeachable is being used as unanimous here, I I don't think that will ever exist. You know, it, in my mind, it's probably like fifty percent have Jordan, thirty percent have LeBron, and twenty percent have Kareem, Bill, yeah, Magic, Kobe, whatever. Like that's kind of how I I envision it in my mind. Um, so I don't think it would be unimpeachable, but. Let's let's spin this the other way. Do we think that LeBron has almost the same amount of support for that argument that Jordan does if he wins that one? Yeah, I do. So basically, yeah, I do think that it would be a more of a conversation. It would absolutely be a, you know, a fair conversation, but it really just goes back to the fact that the you know Jordan fans are just never going to accept it. Uh, if you exclude them from the conversation, then you know, I would honestly think a majority of people you know, would say that LeBron you know, would have an argument as is you know without that 2014 title. But with that, without on top of it, I do think that they, I do think it would be a conversation. Yeah. So I think I've talked about before, like I play in a men's league. Uh, most of the guys are like 10, 10 years older than me at least. Um, they came back. They're they're all like Jordan diehards. They think like they think Starks is a is a king. They you know like, we we we've had lots of arguments about like nineties ball versus like the last twenty years of ball. They loosened like they a lot of them thought like Kobe was better than LeBron. Like a lot of them you know like 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 a lot of the old heads are harder on LeBron right, and a lot of the younger guys are easier on LeBron. When LeBron won in 2016, the the dialogue uh, having beers after ball changed a bit. They were like, that is a pretty ridiculous ring. Like this team was, you know, they broke the wins record. They had the unanimous MVP. The way that LeBron played those final three games. Like there there was some movement. So within that 50% of general basketball fans who think Jordan was the GOAT, there was like some, like there was some rustling, you know, like the 25% you'll never change their minds. But like a lot of that camp was open to it. So I do think that if, if LeBron wins in 2017 and there's a situation where he beats this Warriors team again after adding Kevin Durant, um, I, I think we might be very close to like a 50-50 sort of deal. Like a 40 for Jordan, a 40 for Braun, and 20 for everybody else. Yeah, no, like like I said, I, I agree. I, I absolutely do think, and I think I misspoke when I said 2014. I, I meant 2017, excuse me. Um, okay, so who, what do you got? Give me one. All right, bringing it back to the notes. Uh, let's see. Our guy at J- at low underscore Jeff. He's a Raps fan. You know Jeff Low, really good guy. I think he follows both of us. I'm, in fact, I'm sure he does because I I picked him up from you. Uh, he wants to know which teams might have internal chemistry issues. And the you know the thing that I thought about and whether it's fair or not is Philly went into you know Philly went into this break certainly looking you know suspect. Uh, you know, and, and I guess we'll see if the time, you know, healed whatever, you know, what other wounds, whether it was literal or figurative, you know, needed to be healed. But that's the one team that, you know, that, that popped out to me. What about you? Hmm. You know who I think about is the Lakers a little bit. <laughs> I knew if, this was going to be your answer. No, like, it, and it's not really, I mean, I could say the Nets because half their team aren't, isn't going to play. But, um, no, but I just, I think, you know, like the, the rumors or the, the spin cycle that, you know, there are players to come up, come forward and, and speak their mind that were scared because, you know, LeBron's got such a hold on the league. And then you've got Avery and Dwight speaking out. And I, I, I just, I feel like that team too. And, and I was talking about like, as much as I love LeBron, I'm not sure five months off at his age really benefits him. Like, I, I, I know he, he spends a million dollars on the body. And I'm sure he's in great shape. But I just think, you know, with everything that's gone on and all the chaos and the spotlight that's going to be on him, and the time, I don't know. 
I just I feel like the Lakers are a prime candidate to have some goofiness, especially in that first round. No, and in fairness, you know, I, I, if I'm being honest, yes, that there's a legitimate, you know, there's a legitimate concern there. I, I'm not, you know, it's not, you know, the the world is ending type situation, but I, I would feel more comfortable and feel better about things if they had everybody there, and if they if they weren't, if if, if it's certainly if Lakers fans weren't, you know, putting as much stock into you know, you know, the potential signing or the I guess the eventual signing of of J.R. Smith, I feel a little bit better about it heading in. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I, like, the J.R. Smith thing, too, made me laugh this week. Like, there's just no way J.R. Smith's the best basketball player on the market right now. No, I, 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 that's a fit. That's a fit situation. It's a cronyism situation. That's, like, that's yep. my boy, we're going to get him situation. But, anyway, whatever. That's- I will, okay, hold, but hold on. It, it, if he didn't, if LeBron did not think that he could do, that he could provide anything, I, I, I do not believe that he would have him on this team. Like if if he if he if he genuinely felt like there was nothing there, what would be the point? Well, I don't think he thinks that there's nothing there, but I don't think that he, in his heart of hearts, believes J.R. Smith's the best basketball player that could add to this team. Now that, that, that that's fair. Because why didn't he have a contract before that? If this is the case. Yeah, because J.R. Smith is uh you know look I don't I don't want to I don't want to you know just come down on the guy I hope that it works out for you know for the Lakers and I hope obviously you know from a personal perspective I hope it you know I hope it works out well. Um, I just. If anybody is, is is pinning their hopes to that signing, I I, I just I, I would warn them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, at Winterton seven oh nine says, which movie do you think met or exceeded the books they were based on? Um, Blade Runner. He gives examples of Blade Runner, Jurassic Park, Fight Club. So rather than the age old conversation of um, which movie absolutely ruined the book, on the opposite end of that spectrum, which which movie actually was better than the book, like exceeded the book to you? I'm going to be honest with you, and, and, and you know, Stephen, some of my Stephen King fans are going to be upset with me for saying this, but the second version of It is better than the book for me. Now, the first one, the TV version, you know, it's it's nostalgic. I'll still watch it. Hey, you know what? R.I.P., you know, uh, you know John Ritter, uh, and, and actually, you know, several people in that, in that cast uh, but you know that you know that second rendition w- w- came out I think probably around 2015 2016 for me it's better than what we got from the book yeah uh, fair enough I like I'm not a horror guy I haven't actually seen that movie or read that book so I can't speak to it but fair enough um, I'm gonna go Lord of the Rings that's okay. the one that comes to mind because um, I like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings is like my favorite trilogy ever I love those movies I've seen the extended edition which is like 10 hours of, of film um, a dozen times if you like the hobbit is is a fine read it goes fast mm-hmm. it, there's lots going on um the the main trilogy of lord of the rings is a tough read like it it's just slow and while peter jackson kind of left out some things i think would have been fun in the movies um this first book especially and the first like 200 pages of the second book are a bit of a slog so to make those like the action-packed blockbusters that he did i i think you know honestly that that trilogy is something yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I I have not read the, you know, read those books, but I, I will admit, and and I think we've even talked about it on this show, if not uh, you know uh, show in the past. Uh, <laughs> while I was very late to the party, I re- I acknowledge those movies are very entertaining, man. Like and and I, I was that I was that silly cat that was saying stuff like, "What is this nerd stuff? What are you know what what is this dress up?" But yeah, hey, look, I missed out. <laughs> I missed yeah, it. No. I missed out on experiencing it you know in in real time. Well, and a reminder that Amazon purchased the rights to make a Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones-esque series from the Tolkien family for a billion dollars, I think three years ago. And I think they have 
five years to like put something out or they lose the rights. It's like the Spider-Man thing where you have to make mm-hmm. so much so often. So I'm very interested in what like Amazon does with the series. I, I think that universe has so much to offer. I am in the nerd category for, for Lotar for sure. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Like just just on like a small sidetracking note here. Did you ever read like the Black Cauldron Book of Three series? No. Did you ever watch like the Disney Black Cauldron movie like forever ago? I did not. I that that you know, that wasn't necessarily my thing. Fan, fantasy, I guess you know, would probably you know, describe it. It was necess- wasn't necessarily my thing coming up. But like Black Cauldron is like a it was a Disney kids movie that they kind of made based on these two books. Mm-hmm. Somebody should scoop up that that series because there's five books by Lloyd Alexander. Um, they're really easy to read. Yeah, they are kind of, but you could make one hell of a fantasy series movie with those five books, and nobody's done it yet. So okay, um, I'm interested in I'm interested in that Amazon pro, uh, project. Like yeah, I, I, I had not heard anything about that. If you look at like Lord of the Rings, Amazon on Twitter, they put out some stuff once in a while. Like apparently, it's going to focus on like the Dunedain Rangers, so or, or the Dunedain, so like before Aragon, but like the that like race, and Ooh. so I don't I don't know what all is okay. going on, but. They're gonna take some risks, which is cool, because like I thought, the worst thing they could do was just redo it. Yeah, don't I, don't, redo I, it. I, I don't want to see a redo. You, you show me yeah. something new. Yeah, like I, I thought, you know, go go with uh, Sauron coming to power, um, and and all the stuff that had to happen for them, because there's like a whole big story there, or what happens after Sauron's defeated. Like, give give me something else. But anyway, uh, yeah, interesting project. Uh, I'm intrigued. What's, right. what's your next cue? Next one, I've got a few coming from our guy at Kennedy Courtney. Thank you to him for uh, you know, and, and to all of the folks for you know for participating in this. He wants us to rank these sidekicks: AD, Paul George, Chris Middleton, Russell Westbrook. And I'm guessing he means moving forward. Okay, one more time: AD, Paul George, Chris Middleton, Russell Westbrook. AD, Paul George, Chris Middleton, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, flip. Uh, I don't know. That AD first. Mm-hmm. Paul George second. Although Paul George would be first if he was the guy he was last year. Like, like on a constant basis. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if Paul George is playing this at the same rate he was last year, I would say he's one. Um, but on the flip side, if you like, if you'd say like AD at in, at his peak, <laughs> he would clearly be one. So yeah. The no. answer is AD, man. The answer is no, AD. No, it, I, it's, it's not that clear-cut. Like, wings are so much more valuable, and, and the way Paul George was playing last year was like he was in that fringe MVP conversation for a minute. Like, so, so I'll say AD, Paul George, and then like Middleton and Westbrook are probably both better where they are than if they were flipped. I, I actually agree. And the funny thing is, is my answer was that you already did it. AD, Paul George, Chris Middleton, and, and Russell Westbrook. And that's not as. And it, of course, we're going to get Russell Westbrook fans that are like, how the hell can you say that? We're not taking anything away from what he's done. If we're talking about moving forward, he would be the fourth option here. I'm, I'm not trying to, like. Like, Russ was playing really well. It, it's just, like, Harden started the year where he was playing phenomenal, and Russ was awful. And then Russ, like, the last six, eight weeks of the season was great, and Harden was falling off. So it. it it's I don't it'd be I want to see if they can do it together where they're both giving their best to that team and it hasn't really happened yet this year so we'll see. Yeah, well, not not for any you know uh, extended period of time that's for sure. No. All right, what's your next one? Um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll cap uh, Courtney at, at two because he gave me like three two. But he here's a football one that I kind of thought was interesting. He says, "Why does Drew Brees 
get a pass when his full body of work ain't better than Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers gets killed? Uh, potentially expectation. You know, you know, we, we looked at Rodgers as the, you know, as the golden child, the next, you know, the next one. And he, you know, he hit the ground running so hard, you know, you know, so well, you know, was successful early on. And we anticipated and we, you know, which is, you know, it's our fault, but we anticipated him at least being in two to three more Super Bowls, you know, at least maybe even potentially winning, you know, winning a couple more. Uh, and since that hasn't taken place. Yeah, somehow we are you know we underrate someone that's that great whereas Drew Brees gets the benefit of you know he was a smaller guy he's the guy that you know you know more people quote unquote relate to you know he's a you know he's a you know the values guy you know he he, he kind of gets that built-in benefit of the doubt that a guy like Aaron Rodgers doesn't get yeah I, I think the Brees thing is interesting where like he was really, really good, and he was in all those statistical conversations for a long time, but nobody has ever been like, Drew Brees is better than Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. No. And and um, like maybe that's like somewhat unfair at times, given how well he's 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 done and how much he's achieved in his career. But on the opposite, like the second Aaron Rodgers got good, especially like the NFL stats community was like, he's you know, way better from an analytical perspective than Brady and Manning. He's going to be, he's the greatest quarterback at his peak. He's the greatest quarterback ever. And you were hearing a lot of that noise. Mm-hmm. So then obviously the bar is higher. And when the Packers haven't really done anything um, following that first Super Bowl, um, I think that's kind of bit him some, not that that's all on him. Cause you know, he's one, one player, but I think, I think it is what you said. It's expectations. Like people were thinking Rogers was going to challenge for the goat and uh, no one's really thought that for Breeze. So yeah. Yeah, just hasn't. All right, I got one more from our guy. Let's see. I, I, I need to pick one because I've got several that were pretty good. And, and again, thank you very much, you know, you know, to you know, to to him uh, for submitting these. But let's go with this one. If Booker were in the Eastern Conference, he would be the blank best player. And I'll set you up like this. I started, you know, just just off the top of my head, just like naming guys where I was like, okay, nope, he's not better than him, not better than him, not better than him. Stop me at a certain point if you think Booker is better than any of these guys. Giannis, no. KD, even returning from injury? Well, that asterisk. We'll okay. See. All right. Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, I'd have Book. I'd rather have Booker. You would, okay. Uh, let's see. Joel Embiid. I'd rather have Booker. Ben Simmons. This is going to be the interesting one because I know how you feel about him. Uh, I'd rather have Simmons. I okay. think by a little bit still. Yeah. What about a uh, Tatum? Rather have Tatum. Bradley Beal. Think it's about the weird. year. Think about the year that Beal just put up in a similar situation where he was finally he was finally the guy. You know, it's weird that I himself. almost feel like Booker might despite being such a terrible defender to start off, might actually be better on defense than Beal. But, like, neither of them is going to be any good on that end. Um, I think Beal is better right now, but I'm looking at Booker, and I feel like Booker might be able to step up even more the next year or two. I, I agree with you on that one. I think I think that one was close, and I, I could have gone either way. I probably would lean Booker. All right, let's see a couple more. Uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh, Booker's been better this year. Siakam was better. Like, Siakam is, is in that first year where he's like, he was a really great defender and he did all the little things, but then they're like, hey, actually, we need to find Kawhi's 25 points a game somehow. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's transitioned. I kind of want to see Siakam for another year. So I'll, I'll say Booker by a hair right now. All right, last name I got for you, Kyrie Irving. 
Oh, Booker. I'm, an, I'm just an asshole. You, I, yeah. I knew what that answer was going to be. Everybody that's yeah. listening to this show knows what that answer. So, uh, it sounds so to me like fifth. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say top five ish. <coughs> that's fair. The thing, the thing, but like I did a poll the other day between like Cat and Booker, and it was like nearly fifty fifty. Mm. It was pretty close all the way through. Um, perimeter players matter more in today's NBA. I don't care if you agree or not. I don't care if anyone agrees or not. I'm telling you that it is what it is. No, that's obvious from the gameplay. We like nothing. Nobody, nobody can argue that. And Eddie, Eddie Johnson, who does like color for the Suns and uh, NBA Today on NBA Radio with Justin mm-hmm. Termini, he's a bit of a Suns homer, of course. Right? And of course. he 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 has some dumb stuff stuff to say sometimes. But like he made a point at one point in the year where uh, Booker should be in the most improved player race despite like his stats not really showing that because like he's trying on defense he's like more involved as a facilitator his games changed like his level of engagement's higher and i really felt that from him this year as well like i felt like despite like you would didn't see huge jumps statistically from him i felt like booker played some pretty meaningful basketball this year i'm so it's funny because and, and this is putting me in a position where i have to say something negative about a situation that i've actually been positive about and try and trying to advocate for him I'm not going to necessarily automatically give you credit simply for doing something that you should have been doing all along. But, yes, it's a good trend, and I hope it continues. I think Booker I think Booker can be really good, and I, and I, I really, really genuinely hope, whether it happens in Phoenix or wherever his next stop you know, may ultimately be, you know, New York, um, I hope that we can see him with some other solid players around him so we can at least determine whether, hey, okay, he can contribute to a good team or if he's empty stats. Because I, I like his game, and I'm kind of tired of having the conversation of having to defend him because because Robert Sarver and the Suns just suck. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we, 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 we shall see. Yeah. Um, at IT underscore Pendar mm-hmm. says, chances the NBA season lasts more than a month. Whew, man, that's a good one because as much as I, you know, I, I've, all, I've I've been on board with it, this is going to happen no matter what. I think there's a really good chance that once they get back to action, like if, if it just goes kind of catastrophically, I don't, you know, and I don't have a total number, whether it's, you know, 10 players or 15 players. But if it, you know, you'll know it when you see it type deal. If it just goes catastrophically, I could see them shelving it. I really could. So I, I would say last in a month. Going beyond a month, I'd say sixty percent. Yeah, I'm gonna say ninety-five percent. Um, okay. I like. Did you see the the wind horse thing that the it's costing the NBA 150 million a day for the bubble or something like that? Yeah, but that that was a miss. Uh, they they misquoted wind wind horse. It's one hundred. It's one hundred fifty million total for the extent of it. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. It's like that is a ton of money, but still, 150 million dollars. No joke. Yeah. The the ball is rolling. Adam Silver said, we have to learn. This is going to be a thing. Next season, they're going to be dealing with it. Potentially, the season after, they're going to be dealing with it. Um, we're going. There's there's too much money locked in. We wouldn't have done this dance. We wouldn't have set a date. We wouldn't have done all of these things if they weren't ready for it. Players are going to get sick. Um, NBA might go the Donald Trump route. Hey, if you don't test guys, then there'll be less positives. You know, like... I, th- this season is going to happen. I, I would be shocked after all of this deliberation, all of these discussions, and all of these hard dates that we now have if this got canceled. I, I think LeBron could come down with corona and we would just carry on. 
So here's the deal. I, I agree with you. It's probably going to happen. And, you know, me saying that it's 60 percent means that, I, you know, I think it's more likely to take place than not. I just think that we're being a little bit too. And I'm not I was going to say flippant, but I don't mean it like, you know, you're just being flippant about it. I think we're being too uh, we're, we're we're going down that direction a little bit too easily in terms of it's, it's a in terms of it being a guarantee that it finishes, because here's the scenario. They get back, they start playing the eight, you know, they you know, they they get through the eight game, you know, period, right? They get into a series. If in a series you've got uh you who, who would the Lakers play? The Lakers, you know, potentially would play the you know the Memphis Grizzlies. If LeBron and Anthony Davis and like like two or three other people on the Lakers get it and they pass it on to, you know, two or three people on the other t- on, on on you know in that series, Part of me feels like, while yes, I do think that it's 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 it, it's full steam ahead. Part of me feels like they they may have to reconsider. I, I I all I'm saying is I think people should leave the door open for a, you know for a reconsideration period down the line if things go really poorly. Yeah, fair enough. Um, fair enough. I I I just I think there's too much money. It's gonna it is what it is. But I, yeah, I, I don't think the situation that you're talking about. Is unlikely either. I think there could be that situation where we just play out, but we'll see. Yeah, and 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 you may be, you may very well be right. All I'm saying is it's just not it's just not you know locked in because it can't be locked in. That that I guess that's really what, I guess that's really what my point you know like needs to, you know like, is is that if it's just like no matter what, well then hey man that's gonna be you know that's kind of scary. So I guess I I have more faith in them that they at least have some back doors. Um, let, let's go one more each. All right. Well, we're gonna have to give uh, Courtney a little bit more then. Uh, so, let's see. Which star player of the twenty-two teams here in the bubble is like is most likely to be traded in the offseason? He's trying to kick things up. I can, I, as I can see, he, he wants he wants the timeline to be spicy. Okay. One, sorry. One more time on that one. Which star player of the twenty-two teams here in the bubble is most likely to be traded this offseason? Uh. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I like that the definition of star is trickier too. I I don't know. I guess, I guess one of the Philly too. I you know what it is? It's the Philly situation, and people are getting and people keep on getting mad about that as though like we're like actively campaigning for it. For one, not like that would matter anyway. It's not like Philly's sitting there going like, oh well, you know, Jabari and and and, and Josh Everly think that <laughs> we should you know we should finally pull the trigger. Um, but that is a situation that's probably at least, or at least most likely to get you know, broken up. Okay, I'll I'll do two more real quick ones that are not from Courtney. Thanks again, Courtney. Um, yep. At Repo Mike says, "What's the movie that you saw in theaters that you hated most?" Ooh, man. <sighs> I got oh. one. Do you want me to go? away think on it. Yeah, yeah. You go. You go first. Into the woods. Into the woods with like. Uh, Meryl Streep and Chris mm. Pine and it was like the musical and James Corden um, absolutely hated it like I, I just I was so I don't bored isn't even the right word I was just like so frustrated all the way through because it was just like nonsensical and, and uh, just over the top and I, like I saw that I think with the whole family at one point actually and I just remember watching this movie and thinking this is the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters I can't wait for this damn movie to end actually you know what I've got it and it's it, you know what it'll make people upset because it was it was wildly popular for some reason, but it was the most mid crap I've I've ever watched, especially going into it thinking it was going to be great. Midsummer, did you see that movie? You know, I know you said you don't see a lot of horror movies, but did you happen to see this one? It, it, no, horror, I didn't see it. 
Okay, so everybody raved about it, and you know I don't want to give I don't want to give away the plot because you know it's it's not that crazy to begin with, uh, but it it just what it just it just absolutely did not bring it for me. In fact, the person that I saw it with, you know, she, you know this is that was like probably her second or third time recommending some crap, and she she turned to me in the theater and said, you know what, I'm sorry. It's because I think she just felt me seething. She just said, you know what, I'm sorry, because she also acknowledged that it was trash. You know, I I don't like horror movies, but when one really does get a lot of critical acclaim, I will look up the summary, like the synopsis on like Wikipedia or whatever, and I'll mm-hmm. read it through, so I kind of know what happened in it. And like, I when I got to the big reveal at the end of reading through the synopsis, I was like, that would be really hard to justify. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, movie, you sit movie. there, man. You sit there for like I don't know if it's two and a half hours, but it it's it sure as hell felt like two and a half hours. You sit there plodding along like mercilessly, and then like this random stuff takes place, and you go like, okay, I guess I get it. Okay, they're going for this. They're going. What the fuck? What? That's that was how I was left at the end. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm trying to think of what's the one on Netflix with the guy that looks like he, uh, up upgrade. Have you seen that one? I have not. No, let me take a look it, at it. I think it's Upgrade. He looks like young Ashton Kutcher, um, but he did a different movie on Netflix. I think it might be called The Dinner Party or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like he goes to meet his ex-wife, and she's now part of like this cult thing. And it's like a really awkward dinner party where like they – it's actually a really good movie. I got I got to figure it out. I'll tweet it out because I can't remember. But that was like the one of the few like horror thriller type movies where I was like – this is actually really good, and it makes enough sense that you can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Versus like some of these horror movies just take turns that are like trying to be in reality, where you're like, eh, no, no, no. Um, the last one that I'll do here is Jacko one seven seven four says, "What is the movie you think uh, people who like films most overrate?" And I won't use "There Will Be Blood" because I talked about that last week. <laughs> I got in trouble. Ah oh, man, you know what? Let me see. That most like films that we overrate. I think he's saying like which people who actually like deal in movies, like who think they're like film buffs. Which what's the movie they most overrate? Oh, I mean, like honestly, uh, a lot of well, I don't want to say a lot of classics, but some of the classics, uh, they're just they, they they don't hit for me. But you know, what, here I, I'll take it to a personal one. Pulp Fiction. I'll admit. Oh. I'll admit it. Wow. Wait, no, but here's the deal. This is where the context has to come in. Me acknowledging that we overrate it is not stating that it's not a great movie. We overrate it because we get annoyed by these young young whippersnappers like you coming in saying it's not phenomenal. It's 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 kind of like with the you know it's kind of like with the you know the, the Jordan stands or Kobe stands or any stand of anything where they dig in deeper simply because they you know, because of uh, of all the resistance. It's the same deal. Yeah, uh, you know my my thoughts are well documented. I'm I know. Fiction. We don't even go. You know what's the one I'm I'm thinking of right away is Blade Runner and and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Mm-hmm. I'm just so bored in both of those movies. I like I'm gonna get in trouble again. Like I, people love those movies and uh, they like the dark noir uh, dystopian future and like what it says about society and they are shot beautifully and but. No, man. Like I, I, I'm just so, 2049. I was so bored, and like maybe I'm a simp. Maybe I'm a quote unquote <laughs> simp, and I just like want some more action in my sci-fi space movies. But like, 
I can only look at the skyline and Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford walking around for so long. Like I, I just, yeah. Look, let's 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 hold hands as we get into trouble. I didn't watch the reboot, and the first one I thought was eh. I all you look, it's one of those movies that I always owned it, and I would always say like everybody say, "Oh, you got Blade Runner," and it, you know you, you go with the crowd, and you go like, "Yeah, yeah, Blade Runner." I, I thought it was cool, but not you know n- nothing that I would again nothing that I would watch over and over again, and nothing that I would even like look back on and say like, "Oh man, I that one scene was so incredible." Yeah, no, and and I I don't know like Ryan Gosling's got a pretty big cult too. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Drive? I did. I actually I was late to the party. I watched that about a month ago and actually loved it. I thought Drive was like it was okay, mm-hmm. and that's that's how I feel about Blade Runner too. Like I don't yeah. hate them. I just like this is all right. Like I don't understand why this is the movie that you. Um, I could also throw Tom Hardy's. Uh, what was the? Oh man, it's slipping. Mel Gibson did them all first. Mad Max. Oh Tom yes, Man yes. There's something where like, if a movie is shot beautifully and there's like characters who are solemn, that film guys just love it. And I just I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty uninterested in, in most of that. But again, the settings are interesting, but the characters are not. And I think maybe that's where I'm at. No, I get that. No, I, I completely get that. It, uh, it, again, I would rather watch Total Recall than Blade Runner. People can say what they want. It's funny because I was one's thinking far about more Total exciting. Recall. Once for I, was, I I don't like Total Recall either. I and I was thinking I'm like our our film buffs gonna be upset if I compare Blade Runner to Total Recall, but I'm like it's kind of the same thing to me where I'm like I'm bored, uninspired by the twists, and uh, it's not enough. It's just it, it's not. You know what? You know what's a sci-fi movie that I like better than both of those? Fifth Element. Give me Fifth Element. <laughs> you know what? Fifth Element is 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 still. It, you know what? It's a sneaky classic because it's still very funny. Like it, it in a lot of different ways. And Bruce Willis, you know, kind of playing, you know, basically just being Bruce Willis in that, you know, in that setting is 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 phenomenal. Chris Tucker before he walked oh, yes. off the the plane. Um, you know what? The thing too with Fifth Element is it hedges very well, being like kind of a semi-serious movie that you're into, mm-hmm. um, action sci-fi, and also being like a, a great bad movie at the same time. Yeah, it, it's not taking itself seriously. No, which... it walks down that line very nicely. Oh yeah, Gary Oldman in an unintentionally hilarious character. Like it's 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 really good. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, that's gonna, that's gonna wrap us this week. Um, we are going to do Brad Pitt on Monday with our guy Varun, um, our producer. Uh, if you haven't liked, rated, subscribed, reviewed to the pod, please do that. Uh, send us your feedback as always, and we'll catch you on Monday.